Welcome to the First Century Youth Ministry Podcast. A podcast looking back into the Jewish roots of our faith. For the way forward in youth ministry discipleship. I'm Heather. And I'm Jonathan. And we are your co-hosts. This podcast is part of the Youth Cartel Podcast Network. Hey friends, it's Heather here. Welcome back to the show. And we are continuing our series on Between the Testaments, and we're talking about Herod, the, as Jonathan has said, the not so great <laughs> due to the way that he lived his life. But he's a fascinating person and he was a fascinating builder. And so you might not know it, but Herod built some of the greatest edifices of his time. And so we're actually going to be talking about some of his amazing building projects that you actually read about in your Bibles every day when you pick it up. And so we've got a few that we're going to talk about. And so hopefully it encourages you in your walk with Jesus as you read the Bible and as you're teaching it to teenagers who whoever else um, you're teaching it to. So Jonathan, what do you got for us today? Yeah, so I think we're going to uh, cover four different building projects. You know, Herod was kind of a prolific um, architect and patron. Yeah. Right. So there was definitely other things that he built. And it's interesting to see... Mm-hmm. Um, not only him, but even the the other Herods. You know, we've mentioned a little bit briefly uh, as sure. well the the other Herods, whether that's his, you know, his grandchildren or his sons, mm-hmm. his, you know, his his different descendants, um, kind of yeah. took that on as well. You know, they continued also some of these grand uh, building projects that most mm-hmm. other um, rulers of of that age uh, during that period of Roman control uh, really didn't uh, care to to undertake. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of different things that we could cover. Um, the four that I think we've selected for today are the Herodium, uh, the temple, mm-hmm. right? Obviously the temple, um, right. the fortress at Masada, and then yep. Caesarea. Yeah. Awesome. So now Heather actually has the benefit of having been around these places before and, and actually mm-hmm. seeing at, at least of the parts of them that remain or at the very least where some of these things were, were built. Yeah. Um, it's amazing. So, yeah, my favorite one was by far Masada. That was insane. It, I mean, literally, it's in the middle of the desert, built on this super high mountain. We had to walk up this. We we chose the Snakes Trail because we were doing a hardcore, and we didn't do the, the railway that went up the mountain. We took this, like, ridiculous incline Snakes Trail that took us, like, an hour and a half. And he said that, like, some people probably don't make it. You know what I'm saying? And, um Man, it was amazing. You're probably going to talk about this, but he had hot and cold showers. He had a swimming pool in the desert. You know, like he had all these amazing things. I mean, we got to see original tile and carpet uh, that was original to his palace. And, you know, I'm just sitting here thinking to myself, I'm like, how on God's green earth do you get these kinds of things up here? Like, you'd have to walk this snake's trail figuring this thing out you know what i mean and so but yeah give us give us the nitty-gritty give us the fun stuff about masada yeah so masada was you know, we could talk about the the luxuries of it um mm. and obviously especially in the the ancient world that was a huge thing right i mean you didn't have a refrigerator you didn't have uh yeah. you know the ability to just you know light the pilot on your stove and you could heat things up you know, didn't mm-hmm. have water heaters right um, so yeah, some of the amenities, you know, the, the luxuries that Herod had built into it, um, exactly like you mentioned, right? They call it the, the yeah. frigidarium, which is just a cold room. Um, yeah. He had a hot room, a warm room, you know, just a different way to like blow circulated air 
hot right. air below the floors, like heated floors, you know, 2000 okay. years ago. Right? I mean, stuff like that is, is kind of crazy. You know, we hear about things like the Egyptians having um, basically working toilets. Uh, yeah. Wow, really right? went, went even further than that. Um, but it's not just the, the luxuries of Masada um, that made it kind of an archaeological wonder, but it's also yeah. the, the fact that it was almost an impenetrable fortress. Right, that's right. right. And Herod yeah. kind of constructed this during that period of paranoia. We talked about mm-hmm. when he started getting paranoid that, you know, his sons were going to take over, his wife was going to betray him, you know, like he didn't trust anybody. He really started to have this onset of madness. Um, and this and Masada was not the only fortress that he built up, right? Right. Um, mm-hmm. And he had multiple places that he had built up, almost like secondary, you know, military yeah. palaces of a sort. Sure. Um Masada, of course, was featured, you know, later on um, during right. the the Roman siege. Mm-hmm. Right, it was kind of like the one of the the last um, yeah. places of last stand, um, mm-hmm. you know, in the the civil revolt against Rome. Right for the zealots. Um, mm-hmm. For people yep. like myself that are, you know, real big text nerds, um, yeah. you know, the Dead Sea Scrolls, everybody knows the Dead Sea Scrolls. A whole bunch of scrolls found in these caves, you know, along the, sure. the edge of the Dead Sea at Qumran. Um, but there were additional scrolls and writings that were found in Masada as well. Many Correct. of them probably hidden by people that had fled when Rome came in, fled to sure. Masada because, again, yep. it's a fortress, yeah. um, and had brought those those precious scrolls and, and texts with them. Mm-hmm. We could totally do an episode on that. I mean, that's really crazy Jewish history right there of the zealots who fled there and how they the Roman legion like kept making that siege ramp. and just Can you imagine... You're up there, you're literally stuck because you're on the top of a mountain and they're just continuing to pile dirt on top of dirt to build this siege to make their way up to kill you. And then their response is to commit suicide and, you know, so that they wouldn't die at the hands of Rome. I mean, that's, that's, so there's Masada right there for your friends. There's some fun little tidbits (laughs) about that, but yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, there's definitely a lot that we could go into, I think, in, in a number of these different, uh, different projects. Um, But, you know, moving on to the next one. Um, So Caesarea, right? Caesarea. Mm. Um, Yes. No, ancient city. You read about it in the Gospels. You read, Uh you know, well, then he comes here. Um, Caesarea Philippi, right, is probably one of the um, most well-known, I don't want to say unknown, but semi-unknown, you know, places. Because people read it. You read about it all across um, you know, you go throughout the Gospels and you read about it and you just kind of think, oh, yeah, that was that place. You know, there's a very important scene in the Gospels that takes place there, right? Sure. So Matthew 16, that's where uh, Christ says to Peter, who do you say that I am? Mm. He says, well, you are, you're the Messiah, you're the son of the living God. You know, these these sorts of things that take place there at uh, Caesarea Philippi. But then going back even further and looking at where this same place featured during the Old Testament time, mm-hmm. right? Um, this was essentially uh, Mount Hermon, sure. right? Um, mm-hmm. A place that features a lot in extra-biblical literature. We talked a little bit about the Apocrypha and some of the books mm-hmm. that are, you know, kind of between the Testaments. One of the ones that we didn't really touch on um, that's considered pseudepigraphal, um, which means ascribed writing to someone else, right? Like if I wrote a book and claimed to be Moses, it would be pseudepigrapha because I falsely ascribed it to Moses, even though Moses didn't write it. 
right? Well, one of those is First Enoch. And First Enoch has a lot of extra material. It really expounds on Genesis 6, right? The incursion of uh, what it calls the Watchers, this class of heavenly beings that come down and they raise up giant offspring. And that's where the giants yeah. come from sure. and all this kind of stuff. Um, well, all of this takes place at Mount, yeah, the, 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 the origin of the Nephilim, right? Mm-hmm. And all yeah. of this story takes place at Mount Hermon. So you have this idea in the Jewish mind, at least, Caesarea Philippi, you know, this place, oh, that's Mount Hermon. That's where the watchers descended. That's where, you know, the giants were raised up because, you know, this sort of profane mixing of, you know, supernatural being and, and human. And so now we get these giants. So that's yeah. the idea of what kind of existed there. And then we have a number of ancient sources that point to this being also the location of uh, a essentially a dedication to Pan, right? The god yeah. um, Pan and the mm-hmm. entrance to the underworld. That's right. Right. It's basically the gate of hell was pretty much the uh-huh. the, the idea of what existed uh-huh. here. So what better place, right, to have mm-hmm. this conversation about you know who who is it that you are, right? Who, who do men say that I am? Well, you are the son of the living God. Yeah. Um, and of course, you know, Matthew and the 16, gates of, 17, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against hell. you, right? And where was Jesus? In Caesarea Philippi, where they believed the gates of hell were, right? Exactly. Saying, exactly. Even this, a place like Caesarea Philippi will not overcome me and my kingdom, the depth and, of and, sinfulness that took place. And there. all the, yeah. the mythology behind that city, right? Mm-hmm. Because it wasn't yeah. just that it happened to be a place. It happened to be a place that everybody knew, oh, well, there's a lot of supernatural bad stuff that's happened here. Can you imagine? Here's what I think is crazy: is you, you, you tell your disciples who are Jewish people who stay kosher and follow the purity laws, and you're like, "Okay, it's like where are we going today? You know, are we gonna go to Bethlehem or maybe you know Bethsaida? <laughs> no, we're going to Caesarea. But what? Like they want to visit the gates of hell? <laughs> yeah, I mean, their parents would have told them like never ever go to Caesarea Philippi and then your rabbi's like hey everybody saddle up we're going to Caesarea Philippi but again Jesus claims his messiahship there his divinity his his kingship so yeah cool yeah. so yeah so again Caesarea right um mm-hmm. and then we have the uh we come to the Herodium mm-hmm. right so um the Herodium is kind of uh, so in, in the Judean hills, right, <clears throat> it's, what is it, 8 to 10 miles or so, I think, outside of Jerusalem. Um, that, yeah. Once again, uh, a fortress, right, because, mm-hmm. you know, Herod built a lot of them, uh, yep. especially as time went on. Like I said, he, he gets this this sort of paranoia about, you know, being kept safe. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the Herodium itself was also kind of a, a monument to himself, Correct. Um, <clears throat> because he had a great military victory that he was commemorating yeah. um, by constructing it, right? Mm-hmm. So now I, I don't I don't know um, the site of the, the Herodium. What does that like look like today? Ooh, I can't, honestly, it doesn't look very impressive. They, it's not much that has been salvaged archaeologically. When I went there, I was like, oh, there's not a ton here. Not like there was Masada or um, Caesarea Philippi. Uh, for that matter. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I know. So, oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I, I know um, maybe 15 years or so ago, um, mm-hmm. they announced finding Herod's mausoleum. Yes. his. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. They. That's where he was buried. Correct. Yeah, but his, they didn't his, his find tomb. any. 
Right, but they found none of his remains inside because they thought at the, there must have been a certain time that somebody came by and I don't know why you would want to take Herod's remains. You know what I mean? Maybe crush them. <laughs> Not really <laughs> sure. I mean, you know, if it was if it was a uh, you know a, a zealous uh, Jew at the time, that's that's quite possible. Sure. Um, yeah, but the Herodium had like one whole floor was just Herod's floor, and then other floors were for other people of the family. I mean, it was it was an obvious palace of look at me, I'm important, this is my spot, right? And it was huge, it was massive, and it just spoke of his regality and his affluence and his power. And that's when, could it be that maybe why that's the reason there's not much of it left today? I don't know. I, You know, I mean, we, we definitely see some of that. I mean, we'll get to uh, an episode in the future about um, the, the other Herods, and I think there's a little mm. bit to be said about that. Yeah. Um, you know, the Herodium, some scholars have posited that it was the Herodium that was essentially the object lesson in Matthew 21, right? Mm. So he's sitting there, and he's talking about faith, and he's like, you know, you could say this mountain be thrown into the sea. Uh, yeah. And where he's teaching from, uh, which is over at the Mount of Olives, is within view mm-hmm. of the Herodium and yeah. the Dead Sea. Right. So the idea is, hey, this mountain, which they could turn and actually see this giant mountain fortress, right. be thrown into the sea, and they could turn and look at the Dead Sea. That's right. Right. So it, it wasn't just random mountain be thrown into a random sea. It was, uh, again, this theory posits that it was actually mm-hmm. an object lesson of, look, you think you have all of this, all this greatness, you know, Herod put into it. Nobody could take this from him. Right by his own strength, his own might, his own um, Mm -hmm. magnanimity, right, constructed this huge thing, and even that could be cast into the sea. That's why it's so important to pay attention when you're reading your Bible. Like, where are they? What's going on? Is there a festival? Is are they near something? Right, archaeologically, because we're not there, and they used vivid imagery and metaphor all the time, and so it's absolutely probable. That's, that's exactly what Jesus was doing when he was referring to um, the Herodium, quite possibly in, in Matthew 21. Yeah. Yeah. good. Cool. So, so we on to lastly, the exactly. You know, that's, yes. uh, where, where do you end, right? It's kind of the, the zenith, right? The, that's right. Um, yeah. So the temple, right? Now, oftentimes you'll read about this and they'll call it Herod's temple. Um, right. Obviously, that's a bit of a misnomer. Um, Herod did not constructed from the ground up the temple was already being rebuilt long before he was born um but it didn't have that level of like international stature to it right it wasn't Mm -hmm. nearly what Mm -hmm. it came to be until after herod sought about uh building it up and Mm -hmm. most commentators today believe that really his reason for that was to gain favor with jews right you have this people group that is very religious Mm-hmm. And they're very intent on this one temple. They won't just have any temple. They won't just have a temple anywhere. It has to be this one. It has to be here. Yep. Um, and so Herod, of course, who had gotten in good with Rome by being able to placate the Jews, wanted to continue to placate the Jews. And so obviously a great way to do that is to help build up the temple that they're so proud of. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. It was during this time that we begin to see um, a a very clear separation and delineation um, for uh, Gentiles. 
right? Yes. Because mm-hmm. the, the first temple, there was no court of the Gentiles, right? Um, if you were a worshiper of God, that's then you came the same place. Um, and when the time of Ezra and Nehemiah, they start rebuilding the temple, um, there's still no mention of this, you know, oh, well, depending on where you were born or depending on what your ethnicity is, you'll have to stay over here or what have you. Um, it wasn't really until this we get to this post-Maccabean, really this post-John Hyrcanus, right, um, yeah. era, that we begin to see what comes to be known as the court of uh, the Gentiles, right? Sure. So it's this, you had to be segregated. And that's really what it was. It was, it was a form of uh, racial segregation. Uh-huh. Um, but of course, perhaps the most famous piece of the temple that remains now, right, was mm-hmm. the wall. Yeah, uh, specifically the Western, Western Wall. Wall. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and and Herod he used such massive stones to build this thing. Like, it, I think I think I remember learning this. I'm I'm pretty sure I'm correct on this that it was the size or the weight of a modern day jet plane. And so we're sitting here scratching our heads, going, "Wait a sec, how did they lift these things in the air?" But they had massive pulley systems. And it's really remarkable when you don't have all the time in the world to look at TikTok and you have to like actually figure things out on your own, what, how creative your mind can be, right? And and Harry put together <clears throat> like magnificent, mag- magnificent buildings and the temple, which... Uh, Herod built, he expanded quite a bit. I think that was the major expansion that he did was just making it more impressive looking, which was kind of what his thing was anyways, right? And so, as you said, it was his way of trying to get in good with the Jews because they never really felt like he was Jewish because he was Idumean, right? And, um, but he was again trying to curry their favor. And so Herod had massive buildings. He had the Herodium, he had Masada, he had the temple, Caesarea Philippi, along with um, Caesarea, which was also an amazing place as well. Read about that, friends. It's really fun. And um, he was he was good at it. And he was a psychopath, but he was really good at building things. And as you read your Bible, pay attention, because that stuff shows up all over the place. So anything else to add to the conversation, Dave Johnson? Um, no, I mean, I think I think we, we covered it pretty well. I mean, like you're, that that last note, right, is, is pay attention to the, mm. the places that are mentioned. Um, Especially if you see a place mentioned more than once, mm-hmm. right? If there seems to be some sort of recurring theme or they happen to show up at a place that the author just sort of takes for granted, right? Like here they were standing in Caesarea Philippi. Well, why, yeah. why is the author telling you that, mm-hmm. right? Does it just happen to be the place that they happen to meet at? It's probably not. Because um, there's numerous times in the Gospels where it says, you know, they were out in the plane and he began teaching them. And it's just very vague because the yeah. author doesn't need to tell you something very specific. But when they take the time to tell you this is where they were, right. that's typically very intentional. Yeah, it would be like a modern day youth pastor saying, and now we're going to go to the red light district in Las Vegas. Like, what? You know, that's where all the readers went and went, oh, something big is happening here. Or that person's going to get fired. One of the two, right? So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, fun. Yeah, so friends... Thanks for joining us for this episode and we'll catch you next week as we continue our series on um, In Between the Testaments. We'll see you next time. Bye.